When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain network of podcasts. Thank you for joining me. It is Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend planned. I know I do. It's going to be busy, but I have a great weekend planned. Hopefully you do as well. It's summer. The heat is here. I love it. Love every second of it. Get to the pool, get to the golf course, do whatever you want to do. Get outside, enjoy this beautiful weather. As for the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's a lot to talk about. And it seems like you know this has been an offseason where there really has not been an offseason. And people ask me all the time, what do you talk about? What do you talk about? Well, there's always seemingly something going on. If you missed my Wednesday show, I had a very, we'll call it a passionate speech about Chase Claypool and his talk about being a top three wide receiver in the NFL. If you missed it, Go back and check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Other than that, I mean, that, that's just kind of one situation. You know, Chase Claypool goes out and says something. We have a lot of news. So what I decided to do, kind of flipping the first half, normally I do random thoughts. I'm going to kind of do random thoughts in the news segment, which I always start off with. And then we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast before I bring in Jeremy Jerome Betts for the all bets are off segment in the second half. So make sure you stay tuned for that as well as a very special heart to heart at the end of the show. All right, let's get this show off the road with the news. I was butchering this guy's name because he was in for a workout on Tuesday. I talked about it on Wednesday, and believe it or not, by the time I recorded my show on Wednesday, which, by the way, let me go back and say, Chase Claypool 
screw that guy. And I'm being completely joking here when I say that. I went on, a, in my passionate speech about Chase Claypool, I talked about how he had, hadn't been on Twitter since April 9th. What does he do? I'm talking, I had just uploaded my podcast. He goes out and puts a tweet out about him saying he's a top three receiver. I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me. You've got to be kill. You're killing me, Smalls. That's what I thought with Chase Claypool. But still, Larry Ogunjabi. I, I think I said that correctly. I've literally, uh, J- Jeremy Betts is like a grammar and pronunciation Nazi. Reminds me of growing up with my mom. So uh, Jeremy's going to probably correct me in the second half. I'm just going to call him Larry. Larry, he signed a one-year contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, free agent defensive tackle that was in for a workout. And we don't know the exact numbers of this contract yet. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network said that it is up to, his, his words, not mine, quote, up to $8 million for one year, but it, it is an incentives-laden deal. Now, I said this when the Steelers signed Minka Fitzpatrick to that new five-year extension, and I think it's important that we say it here as well. We're learning about Omar Khan each and every move that's made. So he brings in Larry, Larry O, if you want to call him that. He brings in Larry, and all of a sudden, we're seeing, okay, what kind of deals are he going to get? One-year deal, all with incentives. So now you add that to Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky got an incentives-laden deal as well. This is kind of what I guarantee you Omar Khan saying, look, we'll be, we'll be willing to pay this guy this much, but if he's not going to perform, if he's not going to play, if he's not healthy can't play, then we're not going to owe him nearly as much money. This is something teams across the league have been doing for years. The Steelers have always been hesitant, for whatever reason, to do incentive-laden contracts. Omar Khan does not seem to be following that principle, as that is what is being reported with that deal. But when you think about Larry O being added to the defensive line, Dave Schofield and I were on this on the podcast on Monday. I think it was last week, last Monday, not this past Monday, the week before. And we did our 53-man roster predictions after minicamp. And we were debating on whether the Steelers were going to keep six or keep seven defensive linemen. At this point, bringing in Larry Ogunjabi, you have to keep seven. And think about it. Let's go over the players. All right, tell me which one, and think to yourself, Tell me which one you're going to cut. Cam Hayward? No. Tyson Alualu? No. Montrevious Adams that just got a new two-year deal? No. Isaiah Loudermilk that they traded up for last year in the draft? No. DeMarvin Leal? No. Third-round pick, you're not going to cut him. Chris Wormley? Doubtful. Maybe. If there's someone that I could see being like a trade-bait player, it would be Chris Wormley. He's in the final year of his contract. You might be able to you might be able to view him as expendable now. I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone would want him, but still maybe. But still let's say they keep him. That's six. Then you throw in Larry. Now you have seven. Seven defensive linemen. And I don't see any of those seven outside of Wormley as potentially being cut and or released. We know that injuries happen. But just think about the list of players that are going to be on the outside looking in. I mean, you're talking about Khalil and Carlos Davis. And we haven't seen Khalil, but Carlos played well as a rookie. And then he had an injury plague season last year. I think the hope was that he was going to be able to contribute a little bit. At this point, he's probably hoping for a practice squad spot or an injury that happens that he can take a roster spot. And then you have Henry Mondo, who just seems to always stick around. 
it, it is insane when you look at the cupboard last year when you had the defensive line issues. I mean, they were leaning on Isaiah Loudermilk as a rookie. They were leaning on Chris Wormley more than they ever have. And now they have seven pretty good, in my opinion. You want to take Liao out as a rookie, I understand that. So still six really good experienced defensive linemen who can come in. They can have a rotation. They can have situational players, meaning someone like Loudermilk playing primarily against the run, Wormley in passing situations. Larry O adds experience, versatility to that as well. Man, that's, that's, that's seven players locked, in my opinion. Absolutely locked at the defensive line position. Let's go to the next thing. And Mike Tomlin, he was on the Pivot podcast, and that was earlier in the week. And I have to be honest with you, I was absolutely mesmerized by that podcast. And it wasn't so much Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, or Fred, or Fred Taylor. It was how open and honest Mike Tomlin was. We've heard Mike Tomlin speak since 2007, but never like this. Never like this. That podcast was an hour and a half. I could have listened to another hour and a half easily. Some people hate Mike Tomlin. I, I got to give it to a, a commenter on the website because I wrote an article about Tomlin's thoughts on post-Ben Roethlisberger. We'll talk about that in a second. And, you know, I, I had to go back and listen to his comments. I had to obviously dictate those and, and transcribe those for the article. But still, this commenter said, after watching that, I would take a bullet for Mike Tomlin. Now, in my final gasping breaths, I would complain about his clock management, but I'd take a bullet for Mike Tomlin. And I said, that's probably, I was thinking to myself, that is perfect. That is perfect. You can understand the value of the man. That doesn't mean he is perfect. That response was perfect. And I thought that even if you hate Mike Tomlin, you can listen to that. And he, the way he spoke about leadership, telling stories about his thoughts and feelings after Larry Fitzgerald's touchdown in Super Bowl 43. I will say this, and I don't say this often. If you are going to listen to another podcast, that Pivot podcast, I would not recommend listening to all of them, but that one is must listen. So once you've listened to all the Behind the Steel Curtain content, you're all caught up, go to YouTube, go to wherever you get your podcast and listen because it was that good. But his comments on Ben Roethlisberger and being post-Ben Roethlisberger were very interesting. He talked about how, oh my goodness, when you see something for so long, so many times, day in and day out, you almost take it for granted. He said that I, I was getting comfortable. He looks forward to being uncomfortable. And he said, we might not have the, the same playmaking ability at the position, but we're have, we have a lot of good quality players at the position. And we'll talk about that position a lot in this first half of the podcast. And then he went on to talk about also the allocation of funds, as he put it towards a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger. Now you don't have those allocation of funds. Well, what does that mean? It means that now the money's being able to be dispersed in other areas. TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe Deontay Johnson, and all of a sudden you're expecting those playmakers to come from other... That podcast was flip, it was freaking fantastic. If you Just go give it a listen. Last bit of news, and it's going to be a great segue into our topic for today is Mr. Kenneth Pickett. He has signed his rookie contract. That's the last first-round pick to make it official and sign on the dotted line. It's also the last of the Steelers' 2022 NFL draft class to sign, so all seven players are under contract well before with the Steelers report to camp. We're still a month out before they report to St. Vincent College on July 26th. So Kenny Pickett is under contract. 
And that, that man that I just mentioned, Kenneth Pickett, KP8, he is the topic of discussion today as the main crux of the podcast. And that is why I'm rooting hard for Kenny Pickett to be QB1. A lot of people have asked me, family, friends, online, Twitter, comments, whatever, email, got it all. Jeff, who are you rooting for? They understand that while I am part of the quote-unquote media, I am also still a fan. And people ask me all the time, who are you rooting for? Well, I always try to play it down the middle. I'm rooting for the Steelers, but they keep pressing. No, who do you want the next Steelers quarterback to be? And I say, I'll have to think about that. I'll have to think about that. And I did think about it. And earlier in the week, I came to my conclusion. And I said, I'm going to hold this topic. I'm going to do it on Friday. And it just happened to work out with Kenny Pickett signing his contract, Mike Tomlin talking about quarterbacks on that Pivot podcast. And I finally came to my conclusion. I am rooting hard for Kenny Pickett to win the job out of camp and to be QB1 for a lot of reasons. Let's go over some of those reasons. This is not just because, by the way, all those people that listen to all of my shows every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, this is not because Kenny Pickett likes wedding crashers, because he reminds me of a frat bro or anything like that. I I love his demeanor. I think he's really cool and calm and collected. He seems like he's also a fun guy. It's not because of that. This is because of a lot of different things. I want to start off talking about Mitchell Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. To me, whether you're looking at Mason Rudolph and the one-year deal that he signed, one-year extension, I'm sorry, that he signed to stay in Pittsburgh for 2022, or Mitch Trubisky's two-year deal, it doesn't matter. Those were short-term answers. Short-term answers. Now, I was all about the Trubisky train. Bisky business. I know you just got Mitch slapped. All I was all about Trubisky when they signed him in the offseason. This was before the draft. And even then, we were excited But when you look at the contract, it was very much a prove-it contract. But then when you see how things play out this offseason, you realize that both Rudolph and Trubisky are nothing more than insurance policies. The Steelers never viewed Mason Rudolph as the answer. We know that. The Steelers likely did not view Mitchell Trubisky as the answer. He would just be a stopgap until they find their next guy. Short-term answers. And if they have to call on either one of those players for 2022, I don't think that's a damning statement on Kenny Pickett. I don't think that means that Kenny Pickett is a bust or anything like that. I think that that would just be a stopgap player. Short-term answer. And the only reason they got that insurance policy, the only reason they called and got those players whether it's the extension for Rudolph or picking up Mitch Trubisky in free agency, is if they didn't get their guy in the draft. And no one, and I mean no one, thought that Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, I could go on with all these quarterbacks, none of them would be gone before the Steelers pick 20th overall. So why am I rooting for Kenny Pickett? Those two guys are not the answer, in my opinion. You hoped that Mitch Trubisky rose up and played well. You hoped that was what would happen. Kenny Pickett, though, in my opinion, is the long-term answer for the Steelers. And when you think about the Steelers lucking into a situation where if Kenny Pickett is everything that we think he can be, not an outstanding player, not the next Dan Marino, but a player that can come in and can get you, be a top 10 player in the league at the position, and 
potentially win you a championship. He's a winner. He's a long-term answer. You look at his age. You look at his experience in college. I want to see this guy now. But here's the caveat here. I I think that if if Kenny Pickett comes out of camp and is the starting quarterback, I think that in, in... he has to earn it. He has to earn it. I can't stress that enough. I don't want this being Kendrick Green 2.0 in 2022. Kendrick Green was the starter last year because no one else was good enough, and that was the best option they had. I don't think that's going to be the situation with the quarterback position, not with Rudolph and his experience and Trubisky and his. I'm saying that Kenny Pickett, he has to earn it, and if he does earn it, and he is the week one starter, then the Steelers can say that they got it right. That he is the answer. That they're not I'm not saying he's not going to struggle. I'm not saying that 2022 would be perfect. I'm not expecting a Ben Roethlisberger rookie type year for Kenny Pickett, where he goes, I think, what was it, uh, 13 and one or 14 and one down the stretch, and eventually loses in the AFC Championship game. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm saying that I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett because I want the Steelers to have found their next guy. I want Kenny Pickett to win the job win the job, to earn the job, so that the Steelers can say, yeah, he's not perfect. He's not a finished product, but guess what? We just lost our guy in Ben Roethlisberger for the last 18 years. And guess what? We have our new guy. And he might not be ready yet, but we have our new guy. And we have our guy that we believe in that will be the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers and win a lot of games and hopefully some championships for the next decade plus. Think about it that way, folks. Think about the long term. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky could win games now. And like I said, if he wins the job and earns it, then let's go. We'll be on the Trubisky train. But I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett. I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett because he is, in my opinion, the long-term answer. And how awesome would it be that the year that Ben Roethlisberger retires, the year that Ben Roethlisberger says, I'm done and I'm hanging up the cleats, the Steelers go out and find their next guy. They find the next franchise quarterback. How awesome would that be? Now, you may say, Jeff, I'm not rooting for Kenny Pickett. I don't like Kenny Pickett. I don't think he is the guy. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But the title of this show is I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett, KP8, to go into camp to prove that he is on top of his game. And I'm going to go back to something that, you know, a lot of people are saying, ah, in minicamp, Mason Rudolph looks the best. Mitch Trubisky looks the best. All this stuff. I'm going to go back to Alan Saunders, who I had on the show. And he was at minicamp and OTAs. And he said, when you watch Kenny Pickett, he didn't care about what everyone else was doing. He was literally making sure that everything he did was perfect. That is right foot, making sure the correct foot was planning here, turning here. The football's in the correct hand here. All of that stuff he was making sure he did. That tells me he's a perfectionist. And that will pay off in training camp. I'm excited. I'm rooting hard for Kenny Pickett in training camp to win that job. Let's get the next guy out there right away. What the heck? That's what I say. Kenny Pickett. KP8, I'm on board. What about you? Let me know. Follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T. Love to hear your take. I'm going to get Jeremy Betts' take right after this break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for the All Betts' Off Stadium. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of Let's Ride. It's Friday. That means one and only thing. It's all bets are off with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going? Man, I'm doing all right. I'm I'm a little under the weather. Um, so just wanted to throw that out there. If you guys hear me sounding like a 13-year-old with a uh, clothespin on his nose, that's <laughs> why. Um, hey, but I'm it- doing great. I'm getting on, on the mend with it. But I'll tell you what, Jeff, having a two-year-old at daycare is like inviting germs into your your house on a regular basis so uh, i get sick about every other week it seems like hey you are talking to a guy that outside of the realm of podcasting and writing um i am a school teacher so i basically live in a petri dish for eight months (laughs) out of the year trust me i get it actually build your immune system you'll be stronger for it but as long as you don't start sounding like my middle school students and your voice starts to crack i think we'll be just fine but we have a lot to talk about about the pittsburgh steelers i want to get your take on the is it larry ogunjubi is that right did i say that correctly i said this in the first half i yeah. feel like i'm talking to my mother you get like a pronunciation <laughs> nazi um right you know, yes that's me yeah <laughs> um <laughs> i am larry. Larry. I'm just gonna call him larry right larry o right we're calling we got a gunner o and a larry o no just larry that? just larry just larry <laughs> uh larry Ogunjobi um, is Ogunjobi. yes is i i feel like a fantastic signing for the steelers if he's an actual actually healthy it seems like the doctors gave him uh clear to play clear to clear to practice with the team um and he should be ready by training camp is, is the word that we're, we're getting. So if that is indeed the case, you've got a guy still under 30 coming off his best uh, statistical season, at least from rushing the passer and, and stops in the backfield. And, uh, you know, a guy in Stefan to that made a living by doing those things, especially recently uh, to have somebody to come in and kind of fill that void a little bit, which is what I would expect the move is for to, to come in and start opposite Cam Hayward and Tyson Alualu on that defensive line. I think you'll see him rotate in uh, more on the passing down situations. And anytime there's three down linemen on the defensive side of the ball for the Steelers, he will be part of that with uh, the guys I mentioned already, Hayward and Alualu. I like it. I It's a fantastic signing. We uh, had mentioned him in a podcast before, I believe, and uh, as a potential option. And when the Steelers brought him in for the for a workout, I was like, let's let's make this happen. And uh, they did. Omar Khan not pulling any punches in his first uh, year as uh, as the uh, general manager. I want to get back to Omar Khan in a second, but I have a question for you here. Okay, so we, I had Dave Schofield on a couple weeks ago, and we were dis- discussing whether the Steelers will carry six or seven defensive linemen on their 53-man roster. Well, mm-hmm. now with this with Larry coming onto the team, it seems like seven is the number because when you think about it, Cam, 
Tyson. Uh, you talk about Isaiah Loudermilk, DeMarvin Leal, Chris Wormley. Um, I'm forgetting Montrevious Adams. And now you add Larry. That's seven. Let me right. ask you this question. If they were to trim that down to six, who do you think would go? Ooh, um, well, I, I'm trying to find it here. I, I did a roster review on the defensive line just a little while ago uh, for the website. And uh, I don't want to to contradict myself, but I think if, if you're looking at guys who aren't going to aren't going to make the actual roster uh, in the end, you're I think the Davis brothers are probably on their They're not on the out. seven. They're not on the seven like Mondo's out. The Davis brothers okay. are out. Archibong is out. The seven that we all think will make the team. Sure. If you had to cut it to six, and then the seven I just Ooh, named. Okay, I got you. I got. How you. are you? How are you doing that? Um, man, it's tough. It really is. I I would say that you're you're gonna drop. Oh man, man, Jeff, you're putting me in a tough spot here. This is <laughs> this is a tough one. It uh, is. Hey, I asked a tough question. You know, I really can't. I really can't give you a specific answer right now i guess it it's it's going to be one of the it's going to be one of the guys that in training camp uh shows the least amount of ability to assist in in whatever rotation the steelers are are looking for here and uh maybe that's maybe that's a guy like uh maybe that's a guy like loudermilk who who just can't quite get there Interesting. um I, I don't know for sure i went a different um, route guy like okay I went, I went actually in with the trade route, meaning that the Steelers might be able to get something for one of these guys. Sure. And that was Chris Wormley. Mm. Chris Wormley's yeah. coming off a career year as a pass rusher. Sacks, tackles for loss, all of it. He's not the best run stopper. We know that. Right. But when you bring in someone like Larry, you can kind of get rid of Chris Wormley, in my opinion. You don't need him. He's great depth and he's good experience, but – you don't need him. Let's say there's an injury to a team on the defensive front. And they need a player. Hey, well, you want to send us a, a four, a fifth round pick for Chris yeah. Wormley? I make that deal. I do. Sure. But that's only if you're trying to trim it from seven to six, but it's tough. I mean, and you think yeah. about, they're not going to carry seven on a game day. One of these right. guys is not going to get a helmet. So it's just, this is going to be a position to watch, not just because of the, the sheer number of players at the position, but also when you consider the fact that, you know, they're going to have on game. Like I said, there's only going to be one, but let me ask you a question about Omar Khan. You brought him up. Omar Khan. He's still young with the position as GM, but this deal reportedly is one year around 8 million potentially Hmm. with incentives. Now the incentives were never in Steelers contracts under Kevin Colbert. Mitch Trubisky's is another incentive laden deal. And I tell you what, there's a lot of people that were like, oh, well, I don't think he's going to reach his incentives, but it's the fact that they're there. Do you see this as a way that Khan is doing something different? Yeah, I would say a little bit. Um, I think we've seen it a little bit more um, in the waning years of Kevin Colbert's regime. regime. Man, I can't speak today either. Um, But yeah, it's it's a Khan distinctive i think that you're going to see a lot i think he wants to work the cap in ways that allow him to uh reward players for the work that they do on the field as opposed to hey this is you know this is a name based production based uh, in the past type contract especially on these one year deals where you get a guy to come in uh and and you're just trying to see what you get in him um while another 
a player like a Loudermilk or a DeMarvin Leal comes along and, and develops, you, you know, giving this guy a chance to uh, come in on a prove it deal on a one year, prove it deal, uh, whether that's prove it to the Steelers or whether that's prove it to uh, the rest of the league for an extended contract uh, down the road. Um, it makes sense to me. And I think it is a con distinctive that you were going to see a lot more of those, especially for the, for the one and two year deals uh, of players that are filling in from free agency. I absolutely love the incentive based deal with this player, a player that is, has been injured. The player yes. that had a contract taken off the table by Chicago because of that foot injury. And now all of a sudden the Steelers are like, okay, well, we're putting you in and you pass the check and we're, yeah, you're going to, everyone says you're going to be good to go for training camp. But if you're not, or if you're not ready to play, we're not going Ladarius Green 2.0 here. Right. We're, yeah. we're not going to pay you as much because you're not playing. And so let's say his base salary is like three and a half million for this year and everything else is incentives. Hey, to me, that's a win-win for the Steelers. If he oh, plays and plays well, you pay him, you say, man, thank you very much. Maybe you earn another contract with us. If he doesn't, three and a half million, yeah, that sucks. We got to eat it. But at the same time, it's not going to break the bank either. They have the cap space. So I absolutely love the deal. I want to see the details. Dave Schofield will have those at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com whenever they are released. But as of right now, that's what we're working with. I want to ask you about uh, – Mike Tomlin, did you listen to the Pivot podcast? I got to ask you. I was real high on this earlier in the show. I wanted to get your top thoughts on it if you listen. Yeah, I got I got about halfway through it um, during my lunch break yesterday, and then I was I was going to get on to it again this uh, today, but I didn't get a chance to. So I'm about halfway through it. Haven't finished it yet. So, well, what are your thoughts? I, I think oh, it's my goodness. unbelievable. But go ahead, I'll, I'll let you talk. Yeah, I, I mean, I would I would watch it over anything that. NFL network or ESPN puts out about the team or, or the coach or anything like that. It, it was such an insightful look into Mike Tomlin as more than just the uh, cliche King, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the standard is the standard is it really is Mike Tomlin. He's, he's the standard in Pittsburgh now, as far as what the team uh, relates to in, in how they prepare in, in how they, in what they're reaching for as far as goals are concerned. And I think the, the one, one thing that really stood out to me is um, his discussion about seeking discomfort. Um, and I think that that's an incredible viewpoint. I think we all are in, in humanness. We, we try to find comfort in any way that we can. And, it, and it's a reason for, uh, for a lot of our problems as, a society and as individuals, I think. And if we took on that, that thought process of, Hey, the, the discomfort in life is what builds you and, and, and creates character and, and builds you as a team. And, and as a person, uh, man, I think we'd have, we'd have a lot better situation in the yeah. world today. And, uh, but just that insight into him and seeing how he approaches the team from a coach's perspective, really as a as a guide and a mentor to these guys, even more so than a coach, was just really eye opening. Uh, makes you have a lot of respect for for him as a man as well. Yeah, there's a there's a, a segment at the very end of the podcast which you haven't listened to yet, where Channing Crowder is saying like, "You got to be honest, like you got to look back and be like, man, what a great career I've had." And he said, "No, I don't." He goes, "Come on, you have to." He said, yeah. "Man, that is." the epitome of comfort and seeking that he goes, you all, you all can swim in that comfort. He said, I'm not looking for that. I want to make myself right. uncomfortable. It really is unique. 
It really is eye-opening. I'm glad you got to listen to at least the first half. You won't regret it. I, I said earlier in the show, I could have listened to another hour and a half and oh, yeah. never missed a beat because it was just whether he was telling stories, giving insight on coaching and all that stuff. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, and this might take a little bit because we might disagree and that's fine. I talked about this in the first half of the show. And that is the fact that even though we are considered, I guess, quote unquote media here behind the steel curtain, we are fans and we are open fans and we're, we're not hiding our fanhood at all. Right. And so we have rooting interests. We don't have to hide that. Like some people do if they're beat reporters that grew up in Pittsburgh and they love the team, but they can't say it because they have to be neutral. That's not us. My whole podcast in the first half was about how I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett to win the starting quarterback job mm. out of training camp and be the week one starter for a lot of reasons. And we might get into that, but I want to ask you at the quarterback position as a fan, who are you rooting for to be the starter in week one? I totally 100% agree with you because if Kenny Pickett wins it, that means the Steelers made the right choice. Yeah. And I'm all about the Steelers making the right choice, doing the right thing, putting themselves in the best position to win. I like it when the team looks good. I like it when the team uh, finds a succession plan at a position of need uh, and brings in a homegrown guy uh, that takes over. I think that's what, brings Steelers fandom to another level is you can be a fan of the team. You can hope they win, but when you realize that they win in a specific way and it's by developing their own talent, drafting well, not relying on free agency to, um, to change the roster. They're, they're a family oriented team in that regard. I'm all about that. And I think uh, if Kenny Pickett, proves that he is the guy in training camp and the preseason uh, and he wins this starting job, man, it, it makes you feel good as a Steelers fan because the Steelers found their guy and they made the right choice and uh, sky's the limit at that point. When you think back to 2003, the six and 10 year, they gave the Steelers the 11th overall mm -hmm. pick in 04. The Steelers got, so lucky. And I was talking to my mother about this actually when I was back home last weekend, they got so lucky that they went in that they were there at 11 and Cleveland made the boneheaded decision of taking Kellen Winslow jr. Instead of Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, yeah. fell into their lap. You know, I think about trades that were made that, that this one, they made their own luck, so to speak, trading up to get Troy Palomalu in 2003, trading right. away the 2020 first round pick to get Minka Fitzpatrick. What, how crazy would it be if the Steelers got so lucky again that in 2022 huh. NFL draft, they picked 20th overall and no one took a quarterback. They had their pick of quarterbacks and they pick the next guy with Kenny Pickett at number 20. That would be, and, and if, when I say he's the next guy, he's the next future, he's the next franchise quarterback. He's going to be the quarterback for a decade plus. Right. What, what luck would that be? I mean, that is insane, that amount yeah, of incredible. luck. And I think that's what, that they, that's what fans, that's what I'm hoping for. And that's why I'm rooting for Kenny Pickett. But let me ask you this. If Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett are the, head, the front runners, and I'm throwing Mason Ruff out of it just for the sake of this argument. Sure. He could very well win it, in my opinion. But if it's Trubisky and Pickett, they've both played well. They're both even. What about the Steelers would make you think 
let's go with the rookie over the experienced veteran. If they're close, I think you want to get Pickett as much in-game experience as, as possible, reading the speed of defense and, and uh, you know, learning under fire. And I think the team is built to where they're not going to have to rely on Kenny Pickett to be a flawless quarterback to win football games. I think the running game should be the driving force behind the offense. And if Trubisky and Pickett are close, I think you say, well, then, you know, we, we spent a first round pick on, on a quarterback. He was our guy from the beginning. The fact that he fell to us is, is crazy luck, obviously, but he, he was the target the whole entire time. You don't, you don't, uh, shake hands and, and laugh and, and, uh, giggle jubilantly like, uh, like they did in the Steelers war room when Kenny Pickett was the pick. Uh, if you don't think that he's, he's the guy whenever he proves that he is. So um, if Trubisky and, and Pickett are close, I think you go with the rookie. I think you, you, you throw him into the fire a little bit because I think mentally he's built for that. And I think that the offense caters towards uh, a quarterback friendly uh, design. And so you're not, you're not asking him to be Aaron Rodgers in green Bay, uh, right away. You're asking him to be Ben Roethlisberger for the 2004 Pittsburgh Steelers, make enough plays and let our defense and running game do the rest. And uh, that's not a lot of pressure on the rookie. The, uh, the, uh, or Mitchell Trubisky has four years, I think, uh, or three at least of starting experience in the league mm -hmm. uh, where he had a chance to prove that he was better. And uh, if Kenny Pickett and, and Trubisky are close, I think you got to sit there and say, well, then what we've seen out of Mitch Trubisky all these all these years is is uh, probably true. So let's give the rookie a shot and see where he can go from here. I could see it going the other way. I could see them saying they're close. We want Trubisky to start it out, see how it goes. Let Kenny Pickett see the game, even if it's from the sideline, get acclimated and then put him in. I could yeah. understand that and I could make a case for that, but I'm with you. I think if it's close, Kenny Pickett's age of 24 years old is experience at Pitt. I say you got to let him play. You got to yeah. see what you have, and you hope that it's the guy. And, and I, I just said this in the first half, and I'll say it again. He's got to earn it. It's not going to be handed to him. This isn't Kendrick yes. Green where no one else is beating him, so you're the center. This is not going to be a, well, you know, everyone else stinks, so you're the quarterback. No, he's going to have to earn it, and if he does, he earned that spot. So, all right, hey, I know you're not feeling well, Jerome, so now's your chance to talk to the ride-or-die crew before I let you go. Okay, well, first, before I do that, I wanted to go back and just kind of give myself a shout-out here uh, from <laughs> that uh, that Steelers roster review. Go back uh, and give yourself did... a shout-out. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? Self-promotion here a little bit. There you go. <laughs> uh, part six was defensive line, all right? And I talked about the guys on the, on the roster currently. And uh, my depth chart prediction uh, for the season at the starting position I listed, Cam Hayward, Tyson Alualu and a free agent acquisition. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. Feel good go. about that. Good work. And then from, from my depth, I had Loudermilk, Adams, Warmly, and DeMarvin Leal with Mondo and Archibong making the practice squad. So uh, I think kind of going back to the original, the first question we talked about, I would probably uh, ship off Chris Warmly like you're talking about because the Steelers do value um, their, their homegrown talent. Isaiah Loudermilk would be one of those but yeah. to wrap it up uh you can follow me on twitter twitter at the Steeler or at the bets 93 <laughs> and uh 
check out these roster review articles. They're they're gonna keep coming. What is the handle again? You're butchering everything it's today. The Steelers bets ninety three. No, it, it's <laughs> at the bets ninety three. T-H-E, no wonder no B-E-T-Z one follows you. Right? No one, no one follows you. They don't know you don't know your Twitter handle. Well, I can't spell Deontay right, so I probably send off my Twitter <laughs> handle uh incorrectly all the time, too. So. That's very good. <laughs> all right, Jeremy. Thanks for your time as always. We will talk to you next Friday. Take it easy. Yes, sir. And a big thank you to Jeremy for taking the time every Friday for the All Bets is Off segment. I do enjoy talking with him. It's great to have someone else to kind of bounce ideas off of and to talk about topics related to the black and gold. But let's finish out the show the way we do every Friday, and that's with a little heart-to-heart. So I mentioned this on Wednesday when I think it was Will Caldwell of the Ride or Die crew asked a question about having daughters. And he just had his second daughter a few months ago, and he wanted some advice. I have four daughters. What just so happens that yesterday, Thursday, the 23rd of June, was my youngest daughter's birthday. That's right, Zoe... Mary Lou turned four years old. And it's really, really hard for me to believe and to wrap my head around the fact that my the, the baby of the group is the youngest of five is, is now four years old. It's time just goes way too fast. And everyone in our family, myself, my wife included, we have a middle name with the letter M. And I remember my wife was pregnant when my daughter, well, she was pregnant with Zoe, Uh, when my grandmother passed away. And my grandmother, whose name was Mary Lou, was one of my most favorite people on this planet. I absolutely loved her to death. Her passing was really difficult, was really difficult for a lot of people in our family. And we decided at that point, that's what we're going to name, the middle name of our daughter is Zoe Mary Lou. My grandmother, Mary Lou, never got to meet Zoe Mary Lou. But you can definitely tell She has a lot of the spunk that my grandmother did. And every time I say that name, I think about both my grandmother and I look at my daughter and it's just, it's just kind of symbiotic. It's just kind of perfect. And my little, my little girl, well, they're all perfect, but she's perfect. And I love her to death and she's the last one. And she is, she gives, she gives us a run for our money. I will put it that way. She is a lot of fun though. I love her. Happy birthday to Zoe Mary Lou out there. I know she's not listening, but I probably play her this part of the show because they like to hear me say their names on the podcast when I wish them a happy birthday. But happy birthday, my sweet, sweet daughter, and many more to come. Your dad loves you very much. So that's how we're going to end the show today. Folks, I hope you have a great weekend. I know that you'll be back on Monday. I will be back here, hopefully, with a good Monday morning conversation, working that out now. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Monday. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.